and we're going to make sure that we are celebrating all day long. We're going to take a different approach to Father's Day, to our service this morning. So expect the unexpected. Turn to somebody and uh, tell them to expect the unexpected. Turn to somebody else and say, this is Metro. You never know what's going to happen. It's going to be an amazing day. Man, absolutely amazing. Kenny, you ready? Almost? Was that a almost yes or almost? Almost yes. All right, good. Uh, so we're having a couple of technical difficulties, uh, but we're going to weather through them really quick. That good? Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about uh, uh, Father's Day. Honestly, because I got the dopest father in the world, seriously. Um, I, yeah, you don't have to clap. I don't care. Uh, but seriously, um, but I, it, what's interesting about my dad is um, that he lost his dad when he was 15. So how in the hell fat did he learn to be such a good darn daddy? It's a, it's a, it's a miracle, especially when you look at the statistics of, of what happens when a person is raised in a single uh, parent home. Uh, uh, so I am absolutely honored to be the first to have come through your loins, Dad. I absolutely love you. Um, and it is my honor to serve God alongside you. It's, the, it's one, I gotta say one of, cause now I got a husband who's the, who's the most important and the best thing in my life. But serving God alongside you is uh, under you is one of the best parts of my life and I really appreciate you allowing me to do so. All of us ain't here uh, uh, and so I appreciate that. Uh, Kenny, you ready, man? Man! What'd you say? It's coming, all right. Uh, so I've, I've got lots of things planned for you and it's going to be amazing. Um, and there's a particular order to things, so I don't wanna move past it. Um, we are actually having challenges with streaming, so it's just us today. And everybody, oh, I know what I can do. Um, oh, you, nope, you can't do two things at once, godly. Um, what'd you say? Well, we're good for the first thing. Am I saying that correctly, uh, Ken? All right, dope. So we're good for the first thing. The first thing that we have today is a special message. You ready? Yeah. All the way from Los Angeles, California. Start it over, Ken. Start it over, Ken, if you would, please. A little bit louder. We gotta start it when we got a little sound. It's, it's, uh, Dad says it's not in the house. That's what I've been instructed to say. Just one second. Stand by, Houston. Something that they enjoy doing. 
that you need to be for your kids, this is your reminder. Um, we have to take care of ourselves so that we can be the fathers that we need to be. But I wanted to come on to say some words about my father. Um, I didn't really want to like sit down and try to like overthink it because I don't have to. My dad is such a great father, but there's always something that I can just, you know, say um, about him and something that is inspiring me about um, my relationship with him. And um, this year, I just wanted to talk about the fact that you lost your dad when you were 15. I don't know if there um, are many that know that, um, just because the kind of father that you are, you know, it really doesn't let on um, to the fact that you lost your father at such a, a pivotal, you know, time in your life. Um, when I was 16, I had so many questions about my career, so many questions about like, how to present myself, you know, as a man in this world, um, and you were there to help guide me through those things. Um, but I really know that it's because of the relationship that um, it doesn't matter where I am, um, if I'm in Bali, if I'm in Iceland or, or Tokyo, it's, it's always so crazy that wherever I'm traveling, someone always says to me, you're a great father. And I know that's because of you. The way that you love me, the way that you loved me um, when I was growing up is um, it's, it's just so evident in the way that I take care of my kids. So I just want to tell you thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such an amazing father. Um, this morning, there's so many in the audience, I'm sure that, you know, have so many different stories and journeys uh, when it comes to their relationships uh, with their fathers. So this morning, I just wanted to challenge you um, by sharing a little bit about our story and my dad's life, um, that nothing is too difficult for God to heal. No, no uh, instance that we're facing in our life, you know, is too difficult uh, for God to handle. And I, I sometimes feel overwhelmed, you know, with the questions that my, my daughter has for me. She's four and I feel like she is so inquisitive and um, I don't always have the answers, the right answers for her. But I am, am in constant search, you know, in my relationship with God to to find what I need in order to be what I need to be for her. And um, I, I really challenge you to do the same um, in your relationship with God to just wherever you are, just close your eyes and and just take a moment to just receive the unconditional love of our father this morning um, and it will change us. We are a living testimony of that. Um, God took a situation that could have been so devastating. I know so many, um, I'm sad to say, but bad fathers, you know, that, that really don't care about their kids or who've experienced, you know, something in life that kind of like just like threw them off track. Um, but dad, thank you so much for not allowing that situation to derail you 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 really have been relentless to not just be a father for me but to be a father for those who don't have one and for that i will always love you we salute you today we love you and we can't live without you we we just uh we're we were talking about it this morning me and my wife how we can't wait to um to spend time with you you know my my wife lost her father to um from cancer 
and um, or to cancer. And uh, it's really important the role that you have played in her life to be the first father figure to ever hug her. And um, I'm just so inspired by that and, and just touched by that because you are a conduit of God's unconditional love. So wherever you are in that place, just let that love fall over you. Just allow yourself to receive that love this morning as we enter into worship. I'm, I love you guys and I can't wait to see you. Um, yeah. So until then, I'll see you soon. Peace. Something like that. Mr. Dean Crawford. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, you can all be seated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about my dad real quick. Um, and if you don't know, my dad is Yoel Crawford. Um, uh, but to kick it off, I want to set the stage by painting a picture through one, sharing a question that was asked to me, but also asking you all a question. So there's one time I was hanging out with a friend and that friend asked me, Dean, if you could have anybody know one thing about your family, what would you want them to know? And there are a lot of things that came through my mind, um, but in that moment, the most immediate thing that I thought of was, I don't want anybody to know about the type of father that I have. Um, it's been an, a really incredible thing to see him navigate a lot of situations in ways that I never would be able to uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I want to take a step back and ask you guys a question. So, you know, I, you know, whether it's work or in school or, or some type of situation in your life, has there ever been a time where, you know, you maybe didn't do a good job at something and you might have gotten reprimanded for it and as a defense, you said, hey, I never had anybody show me how to do it, therefore I couldn't do it well. I know that I have at different points in my life. And so that's why it's just so baffling to me because I remember not too long ago, it was just me and my dad in our living room and he was just talking to me about his background and his family and his upbringing, sharing things that I didn't know. And my dad had a really difficult childhood and life as a young adult, he didn't really have a father in the home, and when he was there, it wasn't a good image of one. And so as he was sharing things, I'm just sitting there like, wow, how in the world did my dad not have a good example of a father, but him be such an incredible father to me and my siblings? Um, and so it's just a really cool thing. So when I think about that question that my friend asked me, if you could have anybody know one thing about your family, what would you want them to know? And I immediately said, I would want them to know about how incredible a father I have. It's because of a lot of different reasons, but I'm just going to quickly go over a few. One, it's because of the wisdom and discernment that my dad has. Um, you know, there have been situations where I've seen uh, my dad react one way, and I know myself, I would have reacted or done something another way. And in that moment, it didn't make sense to me but that's only because he is acting with a level of wisdom and discernment that I just couldn't comprehend at that time. 
And I know that it's because he has submitted himself to Jesus Christ and he doesn't think like everybody else does. He operates through the mind of Christ. I said my dad because I've seen him operate with a sacrificial love. Um, I've seen him sacrifice for me and my siblings. I've seen him sacrifice for my mom. I've seen him sacrifice for so many of you guys and just so many people that have crossed his path. Um, and it, it's just a baffling thing to me sometimes. I, sometimes when I want to complain about something, I think about my dad and the life that he lives and how much he sacrificed and I suck it up because I'm like, man, he, he's just done such an incredible job. Um, and then I, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, he has sold himself out for Jesus. Um, in so many different ways that I, I wouldn't be able to share here. Um, and I don't say this lightly, growing up, um, I can't um, count the amount of hours upon hours upon hours upon hours that I have physically heard my dad praying. Um, there are so many mornings where I've woken up to the sound of my dad praying. There's so many times throughout the day where I walk outside my room and it's just the sound of my dad praying. There's so many nights where I've gone to bed to the sound of my dad praying in a different room and in a different side of the house. And me being a young adult now and, and cultivating my own, um, my own walk with Jesus and my own life of prayer, I find myself as a 23-year-old saying verbatim, word for word, the exact prayers that my dad that my dad has prayed because he said it so much and those words have been written on my heart. And again, I don't say that lightly because it's such an incredible thing for me to have heard him praying when I was 10 years old and me saying those same prayers 13 years later as a 23 year old. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a really cool thing to, to see somebody um, operate uh, through the lens of, you know, I, I would do things one way but my life is submitted to Jesus Christ. And so when you look at that entire um, idea of how could he be such an incredible father when he didn't even have an example of what a father looked like, I fully wholeheartedly believe it's because he has submitted himself to Jesus and he looks towards the heavenly father, but also because he has surrounded himself with community of men that have also submitted themselves to Jesus. Um, and so, you know, Dad, you probably don't know this, but I talk about you a lot to my friends um, because I look up to you and I respect you so much. Um, and sometimes my friends probably get tired of me talking about my dad so much, um, but it's hard not to um, because I love you a lot and I admire how you have led our family. Um, so. Yeah, thanks for letting me share. Dad, I love you. Happy Father's Day. It's <laughs> good stuff, huh? How many of your lives have been touched by Elder Ewell Crawford? It's good stuff. He's dead. Together, let's say the Lord's Prayer. Together, let's all voices all together. Let's say it together. Say it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those 
who are our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil come on for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen 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 glory to the lord glory to our father that's awesome thank you lord let's take our next move in our um in our service you can remain standing if you would please if you would please welcome uh, my little sister uh toya johnson know um, um, we're very aware uh, as a, even as a family that um, this is a sore day for people I know I get I understand but that's why that's why I needed you and you're the, you're the one um, because you, you, you really quickly how many of you have lost your father and today is a tough day you know what so guess what this ses- section of the service goes out to you. That good? Please welcome my sister. Good morning. I feel better if you sit. <laughs> I'm going to paint a picture for you. I'm still that Dean. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Um, how many of you know what a clothesline is? Okay, okay, good, good. I'm amongst the right people. So imagine the metal clothesline. You know, the metal poles shaped like a T with ropes. That's for you, you know, you new ones who don't know. They have ropes in between and you use these to hang clothes. So I want you to picture a four to five year old hanging upside down from the clothesline, swinging back and forth on a hot summer day, two long sandy red ponytails swinging in the wind. And I hear a voice that, that, that little swinger is me. And I hear a voice say, baby girl, what are you doing? And I realized it's my daddy. And I got excited. But before I could come out of mid-swing, he was already tickling me. So I was cracking up laughing and I realized in the moment that if I let go, I'm gonna be on the ground. So I can't control myself and I'm laughing hysterically because he's tickling me under my arms and everywhere and I'm just cracking up in laughter. And I let go of the bar thinking I'm going to hit the ground, but he catches me and he protects me. And he realizes a mark on my left arm because earlier that day, this swinging four to five year old had gotten into a tussle with the dog. (laughs) Probably because I was aggravating the dog, but I had gotten a little small cut on my arm because the dog had bit me. And my daddy said, what's going on with your arm? And I said, the dog bit me. And he said, what? What did your mama do? And I said, well, she said I had a big imagination. He said, she said you were lying? I said, yeah, she didn't believe me. She thought I had just, you know, hurt myself. And I can remember my daddy fussing at my mama because you don't mess with his baby girl. He went to the neighbor's house and said to to them, 
if your dog even come over, now mind you, I'm at my aunt's house. So he said, if your dog even come over in this yard again, I'm gonna kill him. If he put his mouth on my daughter again, you gonna find him dead on your front porch. Cause my daddy was gonna protect me. And he always made, he used to always say, I will kill all the endangered species about my child. And I used to be like, that's right, daddy. Cause my dad was always my protector. So around about the age of eight or nine, I can remember not seeing my dad as often. I call him my daddy, my, my daddy. I mean, I have other brothers and sisters, but he's my daddy, okay? So I can remember not seeing him for a little while, come to find out my daddy had went to prison. His legal troubles had caught up with him. His legal sins was getting their debt paid. And so I can remember being picked up by my older sisters to go and visit my daddy in prison. And while we were, in, while we were there visiting, it was like I never skipped a beat because I knew I was gonna see my daddy. I knew that I was going to laugh and man, I can't even think about, we used to walk the yard of the prison. He was in federal prison, so it wasn't as restricted. Um, and he would show me the things that he had did in the yard, my dad loved. Um, agriculture. He was a landscaper and he knew all those things and he would talk to me about the flowers and all this different stuff. And in those little talks, we would talk about school. We would talk about what have you been up to? And he would find out what my brother was doing because my brother sometimes would not come along for the trips. But I always was game. I'm going to see my daddy, okay? So be when I grew up, um, I grew up with my aunt. She raised me. I can remember father figures in my life from long-term boyfriends that she dated who taught me about a lot of stuff. So when my daddy was released from prison, I was, you know, back with my daddy, spending the weekends, making homemade pancakes, you know, you don't flip it over to his bubbles all around the crust, you know, that kind of thing. And I was soaking it all in. He would help me with Math, I can remember him sending me books, math books from prison. He would even teach me dirty jokes. Um, we did, uh, my daddy has taught me how to drive on the highway. Even in his absence though, I always felt like I know I got my daddy to protect me. So May 9th, 2015, um, I went home for a visit me and my kids, and my daddy was a proud granddaddy. He walked his grandchildren to the corner store. He was doing it big. I can remember they got red Doritos, and my kids was bouncing and happy, and we got ready to leave, and we were saying our goodbyes, and my dad had deuce on his hip, and Siani was trying to climb up the other one, and he was walking down the street like this, and Chris was like, would you like some help? He was like, no, I got it. And I'm looking like, sir, you about to fall over in the street. These kids about to take you down. But he didn't care because he was protecting them. We stay off of a main street. And so he was dragging them away from the cars that were going down. And so I said, okay. So I got in the car and him and Chris was having an intimate conversation. They was all in it. And so I was like, okay, what's going on back there? Went on about our business, came home. July 1st, which was what? two months maybe afterwards. I'm sitting at the breakfast table on vacation with my family 
and I got a call. I'm recovering from strep throat, so I hear the call, but I was like, oh no. And everybody's like, what happened? I'm like, I think my sister just left a message and said my granddaddy passed away. And so I was like, well, let me call my aunt. And I called her, and my aunt confirmed, though, that it was not my grandfather, it was my daddy. And I could remember remember screaming on the inside, like, what? But it wasn't coming out audibly because I was suffering from strep throat. And I can remember the whole table, it felt like everything went, like all the people that were around us, I can remember it just went blank in the room. And I dropped my head. And dad just so happened to be sitting next to me and he reached and said, what do we need to do? And I said, my daddy is gone? I can remember feeling like all those years, even when he was not around me physically, that I still had my daddy, that I knew he was gonna come and protect me if I needed it. And I found out some months after he had passed that the intimate conversation that he had with Christopher went a little bit like, listen, I'm giving my baby girl over to you. And you gotta take care of her. You better take care of my baby because I, listen, I'll kill Shamu, I'll kill, I'm telling you what he's telling Chris, <laughs> am I lying? He was like, he, she's yours now and I'm giving her over to you. And I can, I can stand before you today and let you know that there was not a time, even when my daddy was physically gone and I couldn't see him every day, that I felt like I wasn't protected. I've had wonderful coaches and teachers, my uncles, my older cousins who feel like older fathers that gave me some kind of guidance to teach me how to sit like a lady. You know, you don't sit with a dress like this. You know, you, <laughs> you cross your legs. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> but how to carry myself. And the Lord, when Tiffany asked me to speak about this, let me tell you, I had a little bit of time because I was like, oh, God. But the Lord mentions fatherlessness at least 43 times in the Bible. At least 43 times in the Bible. And he gave me... Um, from, I'm reading from the Amplified Version real quick. John 14 and 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. And I didn't know it until I read this just literally yesterday that all of those times that the Lord was covering us, us fatherlessness, the fatherless ones, he cares about us just that much that he's, he has commanded the people of the church to look after the fatherless and the widows. He said, make sure that they eat, make sure that they're kept, make sure that they are protected. And he has done that for me and I didn't even know it because it was, I mean, it was God's timing to be only two hours away. Two hours away. And we jumped in a vehicle and drove two hours away so that we can go and be with my family. And that's because of the dad that he had placed at that table. He had already covered me and I didn't even know it. The Lord had already covered me and gave me another protector. Cause let me tell you, this man right here, don't, don't run up on me now cause he coming. 
Y'all don't want to see that side of Bishop Johnson when you mess with his daughters, okay? So for all of you that are struggling, because I know it could be a struggle to say Happy Father's Day sometimes to another father, but there would I would not even allow the, the, the depression or the, the demonic attack of not giving you honor today to say Happy Father's Day and mean it from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do for me, for every butt dial, <laughs> for every joke, for every call just to say, I was thinking about you. I appreciate you and Happy Father's Day, Dad. What a great honor and what a great day to be alive and to realize there are some fathers with dementia that don't even know that this is a day to be honored. There are some fathers like mine who never owned their children. I was talking to a young lady yesterday and I said, my father went into the military as a single man, but I was already born and he was married to my mother. But he told Uncle Sam that he was a single man. And I felt that abandonment and it visits me every now and then. But I want you to know today that I am accepted in the beloved. And I want you to know that you are accepted in the beloved. And just like Toya, God sent me uh, a stepdad. I never called him stepdad. I called him Teta because I couldn't say Littell, which was his name. And so I shortened it to not Littell, but Teta. And all I knew is that he was a provider for me. This man never talked to me that much. He wasn't uh, a communicator. In fact, he never could say my name. My name is Carolyn, and he called me Callan, Callan Ann. But I received him as father. And one of the most wonderful things he taught me was to be a giver. He taught me because in that town that I lived in, in a very small town in Northern California, it was called Dunsmuir, he had become the man that gave life and gave joy to everyone in the city. And they called him Big Sam. Because he was about I thought six or seven, six foot seven or eight, because he was huge in my sight. He did weigh about 250 pounds back then. And nobody would even think about coming near me. He was my protector too. But he taught me to give 
Every Sunday, he would remind my mother that I needed money to give in church. And he would make sure that I had money to give. He was the head deacon in our church. And another thing I remember about him is every Sunday morning, he would pray that deacon's prayer. How many of you know about a deacon's prayer? I used to think that he was saying, now my mumbly father. But what he was saying was, now my heavenly father. But he had a speech impediment. And he would pray and I would end up in his prayer every Sunday morning before the entire congregation. And they used to complain. They said, you're supposed to be praying for the church. And he would include the church. But he also included me. I'm grateful for a man that taught me to give and made sure that I had something to give. I was taught to be a receiver first. And then I had the ability to give. If you have never been taught that, today is your day. The Lord is a good, good father. And one of the things he wants for you is to receive first. He said that he had come to this earth to make sure that you had eternal life. For God so loved the world that what? He gave. Yeah. And so there had to be somebody on the other end to receive. And that was you. He wanted you to receive his love and his eternal salvation. And we enact that every week. We receive from the Father, from your gainful employment, or whatever job you have, or whatever way you get funds, and then we have the privilege of then giving it to our local church. This is the storehouse for me. For our Father's Day today, by reading just a small thing that I wrote, um, and th this is going to guide our message today, we're going to have uh, three, sh three short messages. You ready? Here we go. The concept of fatherhood in our nation has become toxic. From the discrediting the intentions of the fathers of our nations to inc the increasing chronic fatherlessness of our culture to the attempt to lawfully redefine gender. This onslaught of, of resentment is specifically connected to America's blatant disrespect of fatherhood. It has never been more apparent that this generation has an acute enmity against fathers. It's proven in the disdain in words such as authority, obedience, and submission. And I get it. There are a lot of people who, with reg who didn't get to be raised by the men like the ones who we will speak to today. 
And with regard to this sore subject, it has never been more true that hurt people hurt people. One of my favorite hip-hop artists says this. He said that men who do not commit to their families commit to chaos. But maybe, just maybe, we've been focused on so poignant, poignantly on the fathers who have abandoned their families that we ourselves have now projected that pain towards God and therefore have abandoned the sacredness and the purpose of fatherhood, perhaps even the fatherhood of God. But this specific subject is exactly why Jesus came from heaven to earth. Jesus came to reveal his father to us and thereby raise the value of fatherhood. And the only way this incredible feat could be absolutely accomplished is through the reckless love of the first and ultimate Father God. God the Father sent his only begotten Son to ensure the redemption of each and every one of his children. And this sweet reconciliation between Papa and his kids is exactly why we celebrate fathers today. Amen. So today, I thought it would be interesting to, to highlight a, a few good fathers. The first kind of father that I think I'd love to honor, I think is, is really an unsung hero, and that is all single fathers. That is fathers who are not married, but you have children. If you are a single father in the building today, will you please just do me a favor if you would, allow us to honor you, and if you would, please stand. If you are a single father and you are in the building today. It's interesting. That's so interesting. Wow. Now there's, there we go. Appreciate you, man. Good stuff. You too? Excellently, excellent. There is a single father in the house. And uh, this man, whether you know it or not, is a blessing to your life. He's like a duck on water, cool as a fan. But I promise you, his feet are up under there running and running and running. Every single time I call him, every single time, he is there to do exactly what is needed. He is a pillar in the house of the Lord. And I know when you say, when I say his name, you're going to burst forth in praise and in thanksgiving because today is also his birthday. Y'all give it up, Mr. Noble Clark. You, sir. Come to me, sir. Come here. You didn't expect that, did you? I know you were looking around like I said, did you say my name? I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you, sir. Your, your dad and a granddad, huh? 
and uh, you are faithful in this house. You here when ain't nobody here. <laughs> Early in the morning. Seriously, sometimes we have to turn on the heat or the air of hours early before you get here so that the building is comfortable and Noble is the one who makes sure it's done. Every single bit of the equipment with regard to the media, this man knows where it all is. I don't know, but Noble knows. I promise you that. If I call Noble at 11 o'clock in the morning, I don't do that. 11 o'clock right now, I don't do that now because I got a man in my life. But most of the time when I call, man, I called on Noble today, right before service, and it was Johnny on the spot with a great attitude. And man, I just want to honor you today, man, for not just being an awesome man of God, but an awesome father. If you would, please have a meal on your bishop. We honor you today. If you would, please honor this man of God. It's stuff. Yes, sir. All right, right before you sit down, if you will, we're gonna have three quick conversations. Don't be, they're gonna be real quick. You can stand real quick, just because you're gonna stand when I when I mention this guy's name. We're gonna honor young fathers. That good. We're gonna honor young fathers today. If you would, clap your hands. Let's give it up for uh, John Johnson. Come home. Come hang out with us, man. Man, I love your shirt, though. It's really dope. Have a seat. You may have a seat. You may be seated. Yeah, it's a really dope shirt. <laughs> I need to get my dad one of those, man. It's really good. And thank you for being here. Um, I guess we'll, we'll just share this, Mike, if that's okay with you. So um, I, I prepared you a little bit, but um, I, I have a little bit of a, a surprise question off the top, you know what I mean? I don't know if you knew, but John can freestyle, like, really dope. He's really dope freestyler, honestly. I don't know if you understand what it takes to um, say a, 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 a verse off the top of your head, how many thoughts ahead you have to be to make your end of your sentence rhyme over and over again for 16 bars. You know, it's, it, look, 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 Chris said, come on, some, give us eight, give us eight. <laughs> it's good stuff. I might, I, might, I might ask you about it, but check this out. Seven quick questions about your children. Now, y'all know how many children God John has, right? That joke got seven kids. Whoa! Good Lord. Man, if I, if I would have got started when, uh, when I was your age, I probably had the same amount. I promise you that. All right, so really quickly, quick fire questions. Uh, you can see them there if you want, but they'll be really quick. Um, do me a favor, quick. Name all your kids. I'll say them. Name them. You got Kira, Kylie, uh, Kai, Key, Cuddy. Uh, Cole and uh, Kobe. Yep, <laughs> that's good daddy, that's good stuff. All right, check this out. Who of your children is the funniest? Callie. Okay, who? Callie. Callie's the funniest. Who is the mischievous one? Key. Key, gotcha. And, uh, who talks the most? Cuddy Swag. Cuddy Swag. <laughs> and who is the most quiet? Carol. Kira, yeah, Kira is one of the sweetest little girls you will ever meet. It's so true, man. And then, uh, who's most like you? Kira. Kira, most like you. It's so, it's so interesting. I would make say that you were a pretty quiet guy, pretty even kill. You know, even in even in your swag, you don't really you know it don't really go above what we see now. It's really good. And who's most like uh, like Sasha? Most like Sasha. Uh, um. That's hard. Is that hard? Yeah, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, I say, I say Kai. Kai, most like Sasha. 
That's interesting, the perspective of a father of seven kids. He's very involved, I love that. Um, so two quick questions. Um, when you see yourself in your children, whether you like it or not, does that, how does that motivate you to treat them? Um, sometimes you gotta take a step back because you know, sometimes they may act out and you be like, but you know, you, I used to act like that when I was young too. So you have to, you got, you got to kind of fall back a little bit and uh, just see, like you said, see yourself in them uh, by just, by just looking at them and um, understanding where, where they coming from and why they acting like that. Yep, super important. Um, I love God for that, right? Because he know he has, he's seen it all and he knows it all. And I probably treats us each different. Even in my household, we were all treated very differently. Um, I was the sneaky one. I, I knew how to do wrong right. Only time I got in trouble was somebody told on me. You weren't gonna catch me though. Christopher, he was probably the one needed the belt. And Matthew, he was the one, if you just talk hard, he'd go to crying like you bust him in the face. Here, here's my question regarding that. Is the belt the best, way, the only way to discipline your children? Yes. No, no. <laughs> I love you for that one. I love you for that one. I love you for that one. But, um, I mean, you, you got to listen. You got to listen to your kids, too, you know, because... We got seven of them. They may be in another room and they be like, oh, someone, such and such did this. And be like, you can't really do nothing because you ain't see it. But uh, yeah, you have to, um, some, sometimes you got to take stuff from them too. That like, for instance, Kira love and Kylie love being on their phone. So if they do do something, you know, you can take their phone from them, they, they'll chill out. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's it. Man, uh, such wisdom from a young man. Thank you, man, I appreciate you. Awesome questions, you are a good pillar. Good, good picture of the fatherhood of God. We honor you today, sir. Yep, absolutely, sir. Really quickly, we wanna honor a different type of father, and I think maybe this, this one may be, um, how many, I think, I think we may find a, a couple of, how many stepfathers do we have in the building today? If you would, stand if you're a stepfather. If you're a stepfather, please stand, stand in the building, as in you father some children who are not your own. Yep, I love that. Come on, give it up for the stepdads. Absolutely, absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. Have a seat. This, today we're gonna to have a conversation really quick. One of the stepdads, it's probably one of my favorites because I know a little bit about his story. Y'all please give it up for Mr. Brian Hicks. Um, uh, I don't know if you know about, um, you ready? Good. Uh, I don't know if you know a, a lot about uh, Brian. Um, tell me, uh, just maybe two quick, um, light-hearted questions. How many children did your wife have before you? Five. Whoa, you are amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Respect, my husband said, for real. Man, I love that. Favorite thing to do 
with your children? Uh, the favorite thing I say is, is two. I love cooking, but when I cook, I want them to all enjoy it, which is kind of difficult sometimes. So tacos wins everybody, right? And uh, number two is uh, I, I enjoy watching the boys. They all can play basketball. All of them are, I mean, they got dribbles. They got defense. They can, they can, they can really play good basketball. And uh, Layla, I was able to see her go from literally just hitting on the keyboard to literally playing songs and singing at the same time. I mean, you know how hard it is to not only play the keyboard, but sing at the same time. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, two questions. How did you handle, handle a time where your child did something? Well, first of all, now y'all have seven. Am I saying that right? Man, hats off. I know it ain't Mother's Day, but good gracious, she already had five. Gave that man two more kids. Lord, have mercy. How, excuse me, how do you handle a time where your child did something that was hard or difficult for you as a father to forgive? Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I, I try to make everybody happy. I like to be happy. And uh, I came in the house a few times and they say hello and I didn't hear nothing back. And at first I was like, uh, maybe they had the earpiece in their ear. And then it happened again. And uh, so I just had to talk to them and tell them how I felt, which, uh, which actually went easier than what I thought it would. I, I prayed first. And uh, so I, I don't have that issue no more. But that was kind of difficult for me to uh, be ignored, I guess. To be ignored, that was an issue. Not just that they didn't say hello, but that you felt ignored. That's really dope. I love um, how you pull that out specifically. I think sometimes we look at actions and we don't look at what's behind the action. But I think a father always, a wise father does that. Is that good? All right, one more quick question, man. Name a time when your humanity overshadow the fatherhood that God intended for you to have. Mm. Okay. All right. So when I was doing wrong, you mean, right? Okay. All right. We'd be here all day, right? But no, I'm <laughs> no, but uh, <clears throat> it's, it's two things. Uh, one is... Um, and, and I'm still praying about this, is uh, just having a work, family, work balance, balance. So uh, I, I do try my best to provide, and thank you to my baby. She gave me two babies and let me be blessed with her five, and it's such a blessing. I really do enjoy them. Um, but just having that balance of just being able to spend time with the family and making sure that I'm able to provide is something that uh, I'm, I'm working on and I've gotten a little bit better, but uh, I definitely have to continue to repent with, with that aspect. And uh, one of the main ones was, uh, I, I know in the past, instead of going to the children when they did bad, I would go to my wife and kind of like snitch, I guess, or tell, heard what I felt that she should be doing to make sure that they doing right. And that 
at a time had me feeling like the, the good guy, but really I was the weak guy, right? And uh, so I, I repented from that. And so now when I see something, I address it to them directly. And then, you know, if it's not, you know, Brian or Janessa, I go to wifey and I just, we come to agreement with what I did or and which route we gonna both work together to make sure that uh, they're on the best route that we can, that we can have them. Yeah, that's about it. That's so good. That's so good. To, I think what, what I could draw from what you said is, um, it's, it's, uh, is, is you and her against them. <laughs> and not allowing them to pit you guys against each other, but that the agreement that you have is best to, that, that you get a chance to, um, to, to uh, uh, father them. I, I have, if you don't mind, I have something special for you. Is that okay? Pay attention to the screen, you can see it right there. What's going on, AMC Church? It's your boy Lovato here, man, and I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you look around right now in the church, you can see my stepfather, Mr. Brian. I just want to say shout out to you for being a great stepfather. Thank you for coming into my life and showing me the different directions and how to um, treat people and how to show people uh, kindness and genuineness. Thank you for coming into my life and taking the role of raising me and my other siblings together without really having to do that. But thank you for coming to my life and showing me that. And thank you for being a great stepfather. Yes. It's good. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. We honor you today. That good? Have a seat. That's good. Yep. Listen, it's my bad. I forgot. Let's pull that other one up. Uh, uh, Ken, if you would. Um, I, I did have uh, something for John. John, I got something for you too. It was my bad. I totally forgot. Moving too fast. But we had something for you special for you, John Johnson, as well. If you would pay attention to the screen, sir. Hey, family. I just want to say happy Father's Day to you, John. Um, with all that you do for our family, your devotion, your dedication, all the hard work you do, having two and three jobs to provide for us. Um, how you just love playing with the kids, playing with the boys. Um, I just see how with our daughters, how much confidence they have just from having the presence of a father in the household, something that I didn't have. Um, I see you breaking generational curses. You grew up in a family where everyone has a different mother, a different father. Um, not, neither of your parents were married and you have changed that we have seven kids together who have the same mom and dad and we have been married for eight plus years yeah i just want to say that i love you and i can't wait to see what god is going to do in your life for you being a faithful servant you being a a great father and a leader in our household i love you and happy father's day man that was perfect sasha it was perfect It actually, it actually worked out perfectly that we would show that that 
then because there are some things that she mentioned that uh, we did a little bit of research, things that we found about people who were raised in single parent homes. Now, I, I don't want to bring, bring disrespect to single moms, not at all. I want you to hear that, you know what I mean? Um, because sometimes we hear things through our pain and I don't want you to do that, but I want you to hear what statistics we have found um, that what happens when children are raised in a single parent home, just a few. And it was so much research that we couldn't possibly read it all. So I just picked a few things out right before we have our last conversation. That good? Check it out. Children in single parent homes are more likely to engage in greater and earlier sexual activity. They have a dramatic, a dramatically earlier involvement in drug activity. 36.5% of single parents raise children that have suicidal tendencies. Uh, single parents raise boys who are more likely to be confused regarding their identities. Most children, most kids with psychiatric problems were raised in single parent homes. And children who are raised with only a mother in the home are less likely to restrain themselves regarding spending money. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. Without God, a lot of us would be in trouble, wouldn't it? Somebody say, hey, I appreciate you for that, sir. The last father, if you would, uh, uh, you'd know him and love him, uh, probably not as much as I do. If you would, please, let's honor this granddad, Bishop Flynn Johnson. So, um, can you got those pictures ready? All right, so I thought maybe some of you guys don't know or haven't seen all of Bishop Johnson's uh, uh, grandkids, and it's it's a perfect moment to go on oh, ooh uh, if if you if you would can you can roll them go ahead and roll them as you would that's Genesis the the first uh, grandbaby she's six sixteen now she'll be seventeen in November that's crazy huh and then the next oldest is Destiny who's fifteen. Actually, just next month she turns 16, that's right. And then we have them two boogers right there. Y'all know all about them jokers. Man, Deuce and Siani, Christopher Jr. and Siani. And then I want you to see Matthew and his family. That's Luna down at their feet and um, in Christopher. And Matthew's hands, that is Luca who's just started walking. Luca is walking now, Lord Jesus. When I talked to Matthew earlier this week, he said, I'm, I'm constantly running behind him trying to save his life. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so dad, a couple of light questions. Uh, so that before we get into our thing, look, both of us uh, looking at our notes the way we do. Man, I'm just like my daddy. That's so awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, grandfather. There we go. Um, how proud are you when you see your children raising children? Oh, wow. I think beyond words. Um, um, 
it's a, it, it's, it's a, how proud am I? I'm like, um, my chest is, my chest is, is stuck out in my, um, I get to pat myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's probably, I, I think it's, how proud am I? It's one of my greatest rewards. Yeah, because I'm, all, I'm, I'm thinking these days beyond my years. And I look at my, my grandchildren. And I, sometimes when I look at my grandkids, I say, Jesus, I can't die yet. I got too much work to do. And the other side of it, I look at them and I say, Lord, ooh, I can't wait to view what's going to happen to them. Uh, it's almost like uh, validation. Uh, validation, thinking all the years and times and pains and joys that have passed and realizing that, uh, that God is faithful to answer prayer. Because he said, and it also makes me want to hurry up and get rich. Because the Bible says that a good parent leaves um, a, an inheritance for their children's children. So I'm, it's not time for me to go yet because I, he's, I'm not rich enough yet. I feel that. I appreciate that too. Oh. But I'm about to be. I got it right. Awesome. Dope. So. Uh, some things that we wanted to make sure that happened today, but I kind of want to, um, I think sometimes we don't get the opportunity to see in your, in your heart, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So before, before, we, before we say what we want to say about fathers, I kind of want to dig a little bit into your own fatherhood, if that's okay, from your own perspective. In my, into my fatherhood? Yes, sir, yes, sir. And, and, oh, and it's so interesting because my dad has not been prepared for these questions, so it's gonna, yeah. you're going to get the top of his head, his heart. Uh, to, uh, maybe one or you know top three you know because I know how you are thing that you have that that your children have taught you oh top three things um, never underestimate never underestimate their perception of God. Um, that's a big deal because when I talk to my, my, well, my children or my grandchildren, I hear the Lord and they, they, uh, they actually have a relationship with God. And um, more, okay, First lesson, more is caught than taught. My children got it, and I didn't know they were getting it because I wasn't smart enough to directly teach it. But, but my wife and I, we were living it, and my children were catching it. So the first thing is that, I guess, number one that comes to mind is my, they, my kids, they really know God. And when they know God, 
they see my weakness. Mm -hmm. They see, um, my, my children look back like a mirror, looking back, and they, okay. So number one thing is. Boys caught and taught. Yeah, I, God gave me my children, maybe not so much for me to teach them, but for them to teach me. And that's like, it's really scary, but it's really, it's really true. Number three. Number three. Top things that I. Top things, because I know it's a lot. The top things that I learned from my children. Uh, mm -hmm. They see me when I don't think they see me. Uh, which is kind of a kind of it's kind of a scary thing. They see me when I don't think I. They see me. They are they're, they're perceptive. And um, my <laughs> one of my grandchildren, whom I will not name, uh, has a habit of looking at me and saying things like, "Time for you to work out." Isn't that right, Papa? Yep, I, I get it. Um, I, I do it to Frederick all the time, and I'm in his ear, whoever's sitting next to me. One of the things that I pride myself in, and I don't know if you know this, but um, I can just about finish most of your sentences. Yeah, that's, a, that's really it's probably annoying, disconcerting. It? <laughs> it's the best. It really is. Uh, but, but I love it because I'm testing myself uh, mm. to see if I have really caught what you have taught. Mm. It's really, it's important to me. Um, I promise you, whenever it happens, never, it's not going to be anytime soon, but I promise you the world's going to know who you are, sir. I promise this you. This I know. Yes, sir. And it won't be through me. <laughs> uh, next question. What's the most challenging thing about fatherhood? Knowing that the thing that needs to be corrected in them is the thing that has not yet been corrected in you. Somebody say, say it again, Poppy. Knowing that the thing that needs to be corrected in them has not yet been connected in you. So, talking about those three things, uh, one of the things that is Probably one of the most sobering things is the things that I see in my children and grandchildren are the things that in, in, inevitably the father will say to me, look at yourself. That's sober. Yes, sir. Um, I, I just thought of something. It's not even on the screen. Um, um, but uh, I remember when I was a child and it was or well, I was younger, maybe in my 20s, when it was a little bit more difficult to communicate with you and mom. Um, it was probably one of, between seven and seven, uh, 14 and 21 were really tumultuous for me. It was when, it was It was a time that I did most of my dirty work, right? But I remember, 
um, the, the Lord gave you, you guys wisdom about how to, to communicate with me in a way that, that eased things. It didn't completely correct it, but, and maybe you could just talk about a little bit of a time of a different way of communicating and being a parent of an adult, which is totally different than being a parent of a child. Um, just to give you a hint, because I know the, the, the things are flashing through your brain. I would come home and there would be a book on my, on my bed. And it was the the it was it was so cool. You do you remember that? I do remember that. It was a book that we had this uh, spoken agreement. Yes, sir. That uh, if we wanted to communicate, or if we wanted to say something to each other, we would write it in the book and leave it for each other. And uh, particularly if sometimes things were easier, more easily written down than looking each other in the face to face and talking about it. And plus, during those years, we were really, our schedule's crazy. We're really crazy. Um, we were working day and night. Um, there were a very few times during the regular week that I would either be home and I, th there's some weeks we, d we didn't put children to bed because we came in so late. Uh, so that was one of our surefire ways to communicate with each other was simply to write it down. Did you get nervous when you see, see yeah, I, every I, time. I would put it on his desk, he would yeah. put it on my bed. Did you get nervous when yeah. you see the Oh, Jesus. I'd come in there, oh, Lord. <laughs> and then I'd open it and I'm going, oh, Lord. And now I know I gotta either confront something or write something that, um, that Sometimes it was either hard, difficult, or painful, or um, yeah. Yep, I I um I thought that would be interesting to share, especially for those who. I mean, how many of you are parenting adults? Your parents. See, this is it's a really dope thing. So I, I would admonish you, especially if you're having a challenge, to buy something beautiful. Yeah. Spend some money, some time thinking about an awesome book. And uh, maybe having conversation that way is a good, it's a dope way to begin uh, to have a conversation. Now let's get into maybe a couple of cultural things, maybe. Uh, uh, I know before, before, yeah. before we leave that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think this is a really heavy one question because I think a lot of our us are parenting grown children, and uh, one of the mistakes is talking to my children like they are they better obey every word I say. That's a problem. And uh, so instead of talking to them that way, uh, it, would, it would switch like, okay, I'm, I'm talking to an adult who has the power to make their own decisions apart from me. So I, I, I thought about it and I'm, I'm talking to this adult, and, and I, usually it's about something that I see happening that I don't want them to make the same mistake I made. So I, le I learned, if I, if I don't want them to do something, tell them to do it. <laughs> if I wanted them to do something, either suggest it or question 
What do you think about? And that always came off easier or more effective than trying to demand them to do something. Uh, I yeah. remember having a conversation, more so with mom, uh, and the conversation was simply, I will always be your child, but I am not a child. I'm talking to children of parents that may need to have that conversation. A word to the wise. Yeah, I used to, all the hair on my head that I don't have would stand up when she would say, well, you know, you know that statement right there, you know. And it was really interesting watching the conversation between my wife and my daughter. Uh, it was really a tender thing. When my wife was, you know, had to, my, the, the time came when my wife, she saw it, she had to adjust the way she was talking. Uh, that she, because there was, my, my children respected her, so she could get what she wanted by by demand, but she wouldn't get what she wanted in attitude and heart. And so in order for her to go for the heart, she had to quit demanding and start requesting or suggesting. And that, that really did change. And, and sometimes um, realizing, oh, they, I can make them because of who I am, but, uh, but that, that, that's not going to come out the way I really wanted to. So she had to decide, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get somebody else uh, to do it. Because she, she, she was recognizing that they, they did have a life apart from living in our house. And... Uh, um, Uh, I think that the way to say it, mm -hmm. I had to quit talking to my children like they were my, my, uh, my servants to command and begin talking to them like they were my friends to love. I think that's, that's a way of expressing it. And I always want them to obey, but I'm finding that commands, I'm finding that commands are, are not the way to get the obedience. Um, I don't know if I'm communicating what I need to communicate. No, but, I think you yeah, I think you're doing I had really to change, good. I had to change the way I think about that, you know. You know. Super important. You know, I, I thought about one day, I want to knock my son out. <laughs> but he was bigger than me, so I just said, well, get back. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. I feel sick. I think I could choke him out. You think you did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. But, but, you know, I don't think I want to go through Listen, that. <laughs> I think because your sons have the fear of God, they would let you. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> Plus, I thought about this. Well, if I choke him out and then I, I get older and I need help, he can pay me back. Oh, wow. <laughs> Please believe that, sir. Please believe that. Um, I, um, how many of you have, um, are, um, fathers, you have daughters? Fathers have daughters? 
That's good. Um, I, I, I'd like to say that um, in a lot of ways, Frederick reminds me of you mm. in how smart he is and how kind he is. Mm. Oh, man. I sometimes I, I feel so mean sometimes because he's so nice. <laughs> so serious. Kill him with kindness, bro. Kill him with kindness. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, get um, her back. Get her back for all that mess she did. <laughs> Uh, um, but but uh, I think maybe speak to a little bit how um, our reflection as even as adults choosing to choosing a spouse has a lot to do with how you're parented. Oh, that's true. And uh, um, uh, seriously, and I because I remember having the conversations with you when I was a teenager. If he doesn't do this, he says, if he doesn't do at least this, then he ain't able. Right. right. So, so I never went for guys that wouldn't at least treat me as best as my father even taught my brothers to do. Um, I remember being popped in the hand for touching doors because I was being trained that I was precious enough to be served in that way. Um, and to this day, and, and sometimes it's the most frustrating thing in the world, I'm gonna be honest with you, because I'm so quick and I'm ready to do something, I'm like, my mama, let's go. But, then, but I got to wait till the man come around to the car and pull the door open, Jesus have mercy. But, but, but what it does is it tempers me, the quick moving, right? And it reminds me how God even loves me, but more importantly, for this uh, sake of this conversation, I learned to be a wife by learning to be a daughter. Mm. Oh, that's really awesome. I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, you, it is, it, I, I, we, we were doing a baby dedication yesterday, mm -hmm. and uh, the thing I was impressed to take parents the most was, if, it was actually, I pulled it up, as Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6, 1, 2, 3, 4. Mm -hmm. And in there, uh, he says, children obey, children obey your parents. Uh, because this is right in the Lord, and it's the first commandment with promise. Now, that is awesome. And I, what I saw, every, all the parents that were dedicating their children, they were somebody's baby. So if they broke the honor principle with their parents, it was coming back on them with their children. With their children. My God. That's what I, that's what, like, oh, wow. So I started speaking to the parents that, look, if your parent is alive, whatever you do, no matter what, what harm or no matter what you didn't receive or no matter what there exists between you, you must make a decision just for your own well-being. You must make a decision before, before the Father God to honor that parent even through or in spite of every negative thing they did or did not do. Because you're honoring, when you honor the position, you honor the one who created the position. And if you honor him, he will make up the difference of what was or was not done. And that the two the two promises, have you ever looked at the yes. two promises? Honor your father and mother. Number one, that it may go well, that's blessed in your life, uh -huh. and your life may live long. For long life and well, 
Who cares if you live forever and you're miserable the whole time? I think they call that hell. Right here on earth. <laughs> you, you know, it's horrible. I think it bears to mention, it says, uh, uh, children, obey your parents. Uh, uh, for this is right, not when they are right. Right. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And that wasn't the case. Many of us did not do that. I'm speaking to parents right now. And when you're now you're a parent, and for many of you think about it, it may be that your children are just living out the results of what you lived with your parents. Oof. The way to remedy that, I was, I was talking to parents yesterday, the way to remedy that is go be, if your parents are alive, there's some statements that need to be made so you'll be free from that duplication of that negative. And one of the things is um, asking them for forgiveness or some of you might be just saying before God the Father, Father, I release them. I, I forgive them. I do not hold against them what they did or did not do. You know what the Lord told me? He says, you can't load a truck from an empty truck. I said, oh, in other words, if they didn't have it, thanks so much. If they didn't have it, how could they give it? If, if, if you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so um, they were, they, I was watching their faces, they were stunned as they're standing there holding their children and they're realizing, oh boy, what was my relationship with my mom and dad? If you will make that right, some of your mom and dads are gone, some of you don't know them, you can still make it, you can still have a healing in your heart about what you did not get. Do not be resentful to Father God because you didn't have it. You didn't have the dad you wanted or the mom you wanted. Do not be resentful for God. In fact, realize that God kept you alive in spite of it. Now, I said this to some not long ago. Some parents, the Lord will, did not let them raise those children because his plans for them were greater than their willingness or, uh, or, or, or ability to raise them. So God lets them be born and in in raised in a whole different situation. There's a whole list of these in the Bible, by the way. Not even, God wouldn't let them be raised by their parents because what God wanted to do with them, they would have stopped it. And you need to understand that God was watching over you anyway. He was taking care of you anyway. He was with you anyway while you were going through that thing. It was so horrible. But I just want you to know, if you'll forgive them and, and honor God and honor their position, two things are going to happen to you. It's going to go well. Think, tell your neighbor, it's going to turn around well for you. God promised, it's going to turn around well for you. And the, sex thing, and the next thing, you're going to live out all your days. Now, I don't know if two things you want better. I'm living, I'm, living my, I'm living my whole life, and I'm living my best life at the same time. Why? Because I honored my, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the children, your children, now begin, the curse is broken. The curse is broken. Amen. That's what Malachi says, I'm going to turn the heart of the fathers to the children. I'm going to turn the heart of the children to the fathers. At least I smite the earth. The curse is going to be broken 
over those, those children out of your loins or under your care because you honored that position. That thing is heavy to me. That's why I know all my kids. I know, I know they're going to be, I know they're going to be right. And I know they're going to be rich. And I know, I'm sorry about Thank that. Thank you. They're they going to be right and they're going to be rich and they're going to live long. Why? Because God promised me that if I did this and that, he would do this and those. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to happen. And I just look at him. I, I look at him and I think, oh my God, what is going to happen with this? Anyway, that's the one thing. That, uh, absolutely. Yes. How do you feel, Dad? Uh, interesting that your the only two grandsons you have, Christopher and Luca, have your name. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's a it's a mighty good name, amen. <laughs> most um, Im most important thing about fatherhood. This nation spends a whole lot more money celebrating Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Father's Day, not so much. Right. I think it may be a bit of a turn. It's turning. I think, it's, I think it it's is turning. turning. It's turning now. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. But right. most important thing about fatherhood. Last question. Oh, gosh. The scripture, say, the scripture says that of whom the whole, whole fatherhood and in heaven and on earth is named. Father, that name, is a name that is warred against as never before in history. I don't know if you wrote what you just read. I didn't read it. It was absolutely brilliant. Writing that, I need a copy so I, yes, I can yes, claim it. Amen. So uh, <laughs> I'll always give you credit. Yes, sir, no uh, the reason why I think this is so crucial is because if you'll just think about it, if you want to, if you want to shout profanities at the culture, just use the word "father." In reality, in reality, it is the greatest understanding in all of the universe. Father. If you look in the scripture to, to see how the scripture describes Father, it will blow your mind. The most benevolent, the most kind, the most just. Would you consider that the war in heaven is over the name of the Father, whom the Son represented? If you see me, Jesus said, come on, what do he say? You see the Father who sent me. The greatest, the greatest name, the greatest position is Father. And God will have a people who reflect his name and make his name great. For you to be able to carry that name, do you know many men don't want the title of father? It's the greatest honor. It's the greatest honor in, on earth to carry the title, the position, 
and the responsibility of father. Consider this, when all is said and done, when wars have been won, when his kingdom has fully come, the one thing that will stand before all of creation and all of the universe is his name. The one thing he's been trying to get you to understand about him is his name. What it means. You can't subtract love from his name. If you understand love, you understand Father. It is, what, it is the revelation that Satan does not, cannot stand. Fights with everything within him to dispel that revelation. Father pulls everything together. Father heals everything. Father forgives everything. Father restores everything. Father blesses everything. Father determines what is right and what is wrong. Father dispenses justice, peace, and joy, which is the kingdom of God, the Father. For him to name you after his name, oh my God. All men here today and all men listening, the greatest honors in all of your life is to become and to be like the Father. Everything that makes that look bad, everything that maligns it, curses it, dispels it, is a lie, is demonic. He got a bad rap. Isn't that what the enemy has done in the ages to give him a bad rap. How could it be that you would cringe and, and writhe at the name Father when it, the real definition is everything you need? I don't think we have enough celebrations of Father Day or long enough celebrations for that name and what that means because it means his kingdom is come. Maybe you need to repent out there. We've not understood what honor has been bestowed upon you for you to bear his name and for you to be like him. Maybe there, needs to be, maybe there are men out there who have sired children but not fathered them. It may, it may be for a number of reasons. You may want to, but maybe because of the circumstance, because of the, of the schism and, and the division, you, 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 you've had a difficult time doing that. But wouldn't it be interesting if you ask and prayed the Father to put upon you his spirit to enable you to be Father? The restoration of Father is the restoration of marriage, the restoration of family, and the restoration of family is, 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 to, is, to, is to actually save the nation, to save the city, to save the neighborhood. When you, when you restore biblical, heavenly fatherhood, oh my God, 
to act any way other is to destroy, separate, and to, and, and to obliterate. I kind of want to pray for fathers yeah. and, for, and for folks that, that don't, have not experienced what it is. Toy was touching it when she said he was always there to protect, protect me. Did you know that your father God is, is a fierce protector of your soul? you know that he is, he is an awesome provider. Many of you say, well, where is it? Well, you've not seen it and not received it. Because as my wife's been teaching here just recently, you got to learn how to receive. When you learn what Father is, you have to learn how to receive. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm praying now for all dads who have not lived in your fatherhood. For all men who have not lived in your fatherhood. Father, I pray for all women who have not tasted your fatherhood. Who have mistrusted. Who mistrust the male because they mistrust father. I pray for all those who have identity crises. Who have not been able to accept what you, Father, created them to be. I pray, Father, for all those who are confused by their feelings and have disregarded their creation. I pray, Father, that your revelation would come. I pray that your word would come to them and upon them. I pray for those living in the curse which you, by the Son, have already broken. I pray for Heavenly Father, that you would do what Jesus said. No man comes to the Father, no man comes to me except by the Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit would be upon them to draw them to you, to reveal who you are to them. I pray for every woman who's been injured by a father, and thereby marring your image. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the revelation would come. You never left them. You never abandoned them. You were there. And Father, I'm asking you when they call upon you, even in this hour, that you would answer and answer mightily. I pray, Lord, for these here who hear my voice, for their faith to begin to rise in you and what you said you would do. You staked your very integrity and in nature on what you said that you would do. You said you cannot lie. If you said it, you will perform it. I pray, Lord, that their faith would come in you. Thank you for revealing yourself to them, Lord. And give us what we need to reveal your fatherhood to the world. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Lord, let that curse be broken off of those who are carrying injury and pain and offense from a father or a lack thereof. Father, let it be broken from their lives. 
today because they, they now receive you and believe you. I pray it be so that it might go well with them and that they may live out all the days of their life in your book. And then receive them unto yourself. Let it be so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.